0: Episode 2 – Three English Bibles In 1520, the Protestant reformer Martin Luther released three books in quick succession. They openly criticized the unethical behavior and perceived corruption within the Catholic Church, calling into question many of its traditions. These writings outlined Luther's belief in salvation through divine grace alone. The following year, Henry VIII, with the help of Thomas More, issued a formal response to Martin Luther's criticisms with the publication Assertio Septum Sacramento Rum. Luther's response to Henry's publication was to attack him in print, resorting to name calling and insults. At the king's request, More drafted a further rebuttal, which came to be known as the Responsio ad Lutherum, published at the end of 1523. In 1528, More published his religious argument called A Dialogue Concerning Heresies. The work asserted that the Catholic Church was the only legitimate church established by Christ and His apostles and supported both the authority and authenticity of its traditions and ceremonies. Engaging with Luther only reinforced Moore's conventional Catholic convictions, after which he would refrain from expressing any dissent against church authority. Thomas More was born on 7 February 1478 in the city of London. He was a lawyer, judge, social philosopher, author, statesman, and noted Renaissance humanist. Cuthbert Tunstall, the Bishop of London, had commissioned the writing of Moore's dialogue. His intention was to rebut the heretical ideas found within Lutheran texts and to challenge Tyndale's and sanctioned English translation of the New Testament. In 1531, Tyndale issued his "Answer to Moore" from Antwerp, opening with a brief letter to the reader composed in the style of Saint Paul. In this seminal essay, Tyndale unveiled six key themes: the Church, Scripture, faith the papacy, the fathers, and sacred signs. A remarkable combat now ensued between these two representatives of doctrines which were destined to divide Christendom. Their theological duel was influential in the history of the Reformation. Tyndale advocated for the authority of scripture, while Moore defended the church, recognizing that Tyndale's language could lead to a decentralized, desacralized church. Sir Thomas More was always opposed to the Protestant Reformation, questioning the theology of Martin Luther, Zwingli, John Calvin and William Tyndale. On 16 May 1532, More objected to King Henry seizing powers that once belonged to the English Catholic Church and resigned as Lord High Chancellor. Thomas More also opposed Henry VIII's separation from the Roman Church refusing to acknowledge Henry as the ultimate authority of the Church of England or accept his annulment from Catherine of Aragon. As a result, he was imprisoned in the Tower for refusing to swear to the Pledge of Supremacy. It was during his imprisonment that Moore wrote the spiritual treatise Dialogue of Comfort Against Tribulation. Thomas Cromwell was a frequent visitor to Moore during his imprisonment in the Tower, urging him to take the oath, which Moore steadfastly refused to do. Thomas Cromwell was an English statesman and lawyer, born in 1485 near London. He played a significant role in the English Reformation, serving as chief minister to King Henry VIII from 1534 to 1540. Moore was convicted of treason and sentenced to be hung, drawn, and quartered. However, the king commuted his sentence to beheading. On 6 July 1535, Thomas More was executed at Tower Hill. According to reports, his final words were, that he died as a loyal servant of the king, but placed God above all else. Margaret Clement, the adopted child of Moore, was the sole family member permitted to witness his beheading. His last request was for his headless remains to be given to her for a family burial. Nonetheless, this request was denied and instead, his remains were laid in an unidentified grave within St. Peter at Vincula's Chapel in the Tower of London. As per tradition with traitors, his head was mounted on a spike over London Bridge where it stayed displayed for one month. Moore coined the term utopia specifically for the book of the same name, one of his most famous and contentious works. Writing the book in Latin, he finished it in 1516. Erasmus, his theologian friend, published it in Leuven in the same year after his death. However, it took sixteen years after Moore's execution for it to be translated and published in English in 1551. Following its release, the novel Utopia was the catalyst for an entirely new literary category. It gave rise to utopian and dystopian fiction, which depicted visions of perfect communities and faultless cities, as well as their contrasting counterparts. In 1935, Pope Pius XI canonized Moore as a Catholic martyr. In the meantime, Tyndale persevered with his task, his endeavors in interpreting and translating the Old Testament steadily progressing. In 1530, Tyndale published his translation of the Pentateuch, or, five books. In Greek, the Pentateuch, which the Jewish people call the Torah, includes the books of Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. These books contain famous Bible stories, including Adam and Eve, Jacob and his brothers, Moses, and the Ten Commandments, which comprise some of the earliest known legal codes. Tyndale published a revision to his New Testament in 1534, with a third revised edition in 1535. Rome had set the hierarchy above faith, the Reformation was now set to restore faith to its place above the hierarchy. Thomas Cranmer was born in 1489 in Nottinghamshire to a family with important connections as local gentry. He was a significant historical figure, serving as the first Protestant Archbishop of Canterbury. By the age of 14, the young Thomas was attending Jesus College Cambridge, receiving a typically classical education consisting of philosophy and literature. During his time there, Cranmer embraced the teachings of humanist scholars such as Erasmus and by 1515 had completed a master's degree, quickly followed by an elected fellowship at Jesus College. By 1520 he had received ordination with the university, before finally acquiring his Doctor of Divinity degree in 1526. From 1527, Cardinal Wolsey asked Cranmer to assist him with the annulment of King Henry VIII's marriage, in addition to his duties at Cambridge. In January 1532, Cranmer was appointed the resident ambassador at the court of the Holy Roman Emperor, Charles V. Whilst taking up his position, his journey took him through Nuremberg, a stronghold of Lutheranism, where he saw firsthand the transformative effects of the Reformation. In October, royal dispatches brought news to Cranmer, the king had chosen him to succeed Archbishop William Warham and become Canterbury's next archbishop. It was Anne Boleyn's influential family who managed to secure this prestigious position for him, while Henry was ardently pursuing her. William Ferrell was born in Gap, in the Côte d'Azur region of southeastern France in 1489. He was an evangelist, Protestant reformer and a founder of Calvinist churches in the Swiss canton of Neuchâtel, Geneva and in the cantons of Bern and Vaux. A pupil of the pro-reform Catholic priesthood, at the University of Paris, in the earliest years of the Reformation. He became a member of the Circle de Meaux, which had been gathered together by its reform minded bishop in 1519. The members of the Meaux Circle, who had different talents, generally emphasized studying the Bible and returning to the theology of the early church. While working in Meaux, Ferrol came under the influence of Lutheran ideas and became an avid promoter of them. However, controversies aroused by his writings against the use of images in Christian worship forced him to flee to Switzerland. In 1524, while in Basel, he wrote 13 theses, which sharply criticized the Roman doctrine, but his arguments were so violent that even Erasmus joined the demand for his expulsion. He journeyed to Strasbourg, then to Montbiliard, but circumstances forced him to leave once again. Ultimately, he spent time with Ulrich Zwingli in Zurich, and later with Martin Butcher back in Strasbourg. Having been finally given license to preach in the canton of Bern, in 1530 he was able to convince the city of Neuchatel to join the Reformation. Fierol, a public figure and leader of Reformation, wholeheartedly adopted the doctrines of Martin Luther. He worked tirelessly, attempting to persuade the French-speaking people of Switzerland to embrace the ideals of Protestantism, helping to establish several churches, and supporting them by publishing Reformation literature, ably assisted by his publisher Pierre de Vingel. Swiss French is the second most popular language in Switzerland. It is spoken mostly in western areas, covering the cantons of Geneva, Vaux, Neuchâtel, and Jura. Ferrell established himself in Geneva in fifteen thirty two where he remained as minister. Miles Coverdale, born in fourteen eighty eight in Yorkshire, was an English Bible translator, reformer, and Bishop of Exeter. He studied philosophy and theology at Cambridge, received a bachelor's degree in canon law in fifteen thirteen He was ordained as a priest in Norwich in fifteen fourteen by John Underwood, the Bishop and Archdeacon of Norfolk. Moving to Cambridge, Coverdale joined the Augustinian friars, where he met Thomas Cromwell, later requesting guidance on his conduct and preaching. In 1528, Coverdale left the Augustinians to embark on a journey of sermons, opposing practices he deemed heretical, including transubstantiation, the veneration of holy icons, and the confessing sins to priests. As 1528 gradually drew to a close, his controversial opinions forced him into hiding he finally found sanctuary in Antwerp, lending a helping hand to William Tyndale with his English Bible translations. Coverdale spent most of his time in continental Europe from 1528 to 1535, working mainly in Antwerp. Not yet proficient in Hebrew or Greek, he used Latin, English and German sources, plus the translations of Tyndale himself. On the morning of 21 May, 1535, John Tyndale was apprehended by the Antwerp authorities, following a deceitful ploy that Englishman Henry Phillips had orchestrated. Tyndale was held captive in Filvorder Castle, near Brussels, throughout 1535. In 1536, he faced charges of heresy, leading to his trial and subsequent conviction. Despite Cromwell's pleas for mercy, the court sentenced Tyndale to death by burning. In early October 1536, as Tyndale was bound at the stake, he was strangled and his dead body was burned. His final words, shouted at the stake with fervent zeal, were said to have been Lord, open the king's eyes. Although he is best known for his translation of the Bible, Tyndale was an active writer and translator. In addition to his emphasis on practicing religion, he had a keen focus on political matters. After Tyndale was executed, Coverdale went on to create the first fully printed English Bible, which is often known as the Coverdale Bible. Although Tyndale never had the satisfaction of completing his English Bible, whilst imprisoned he may have learned that a complete translation, based mainly upon his own work had been produced. It is generally accepted that Jacobus van Meteren provided the financial backing for printing the Coverdale Bible in Antwerp. This handsome volume was soon replicated in England by James Nicholson of Southwark. In 1534, Henry VIII received a petition from the Canterbury Convocation to commission an entire translation of the Bible into English. As a result, Coverdale presented his complete English-translated Bible to King Henry VIII in 1535, for his acceptance. The foundation for Coverdale's text was primarily Tyndale's New Testament translation. His source material also included the books that Tyndale had translated, Genesis through Deuteronomy and Jonah from the Old Testament. For translating other Old Testament books not covered by Tyndale's work, he turned to German translations by Luther and others. In the year following Tyndale's death, a new Bible appeared in England, approved by the king, which was said to be the work of Thomas Matthew. Printed in Antwerp in 1537. The Matthew Bible was an early compilation of English translations of the books of the Bible. It was first published in 1537 by an Englishman named John Rogers, who used the name Thomas Matthew to protect his identity and conceal William Tyndale's contribution to the project. This new Bible was dedicated to Henry VIII, who authorized it for public reading. The Matthew Bible clearly showed that it originated from Tyndale and had this been discovered by Henry VIII it would have put Cromwell and Cranmer in quite a precarious situation. In September 1538, Thomas Cromwell issued an injunction, ordering every parish to buy a copy of an English Bible, and place it within their churches for all to see and read. To meet this demand, the Great Bible was put into production. Francois Renault, who had supplied all English service books from 1519 to 1534, was selected as the printer because his typography was more sumptuous than was available in England. Coverdale was sent to Paris by Cromwell to oversee the production of this new Bible. The Great Bible of 1539 was the first Bible in English, sanctioned by King Henry VIII of England, for reading out during the services of the Church of England. The Great Bible includes much from the Tyndale Bible but with its objectionable features removed. As the Tyndale Bible was incomplete, Coverdale translated the remaining Old Testament and Apocrypha books from the Latin Vulgate and German translations, rather than working from the original Greek, Hebrew, and Aramaic sources. Named the Great Bible because of its large size, it has several other names, the King's Bible, because King Henry VIII of England authorized its use. The Cromwell Bible, since Thomas Cromwell directed its publication the Whitchurch Bible after its first English printer, and finally, the chained Bible to prevent its theft from the church. In May 1538, the printing of the Great Bible commenced. However a group of English bishops and French theologians at the Sorbonne disrupted the operation almost immediately. The Pope was pressurized into issuing an edict ordering the presses stopped and all copies of the English Bibles to be burnt. Coverdale managed to save some completed sheets and the typeface from being confiscated, relocating them to London, where ultimately the work was completed by Grafton and Whitchurch. Also, in 1538, editions were published, both in Paris and in London, of a dual-language New Testament. In a further innovation, Coverdale compared the Latin Vulgate text with his English translation in parallel columns on each page the Great Bible was on the brink of finalization, with a mandate insisting on its adoption across all churches in England. However a shortage of printed copies in London resulted in the co-adoption of another version of the Matthew Bible, which Coverdale had reworked. In February 1539, Coverdale had returned to Newbury, bearing news of his work's progress to Thomas Cromwell the Great Bible was taking shape in London's print houses, and preparations were being made for its April release. At the close of the decade, the conservative religious leaders, led by Bishop Stephen Gardner, who was known as Wiley Winchester, were gaining back their authority and sway, in opposition to the policies put forward by Cromwell. Henry's Parliament passed the Act of Six Articles on 28 June 1539, and in doing so ended official acceptance of religious reforms. The act implemented six crucial Catholic doctrines, the non-acceptance of which became a legally punishable offense, these were. Those who rejected the idea of transubstantiation faced death as heretics. Denying the divine authority of clerical celibacy, vows of chastity, private masses or the practical necessity of verbal confessions in the presence of an authorized priest could also lead to execution. Transubstantiation is a scholastic term that attempts to explain how bread and wine can become the body and blood of Christ, without losing their exterior appearance. Cromwell's downfall was sealed when he orchestrated the king's matrimonial alliance with Anne of Cleves, a German princess. Unfortunately for Cromwell, the marriage proved disastrous and was eventually dissolved six months later. As a consequence, on 10 June 1540, Thomas Cromwell found himself dispatched to the infamous Tower of London under spurious allegations of treason and heresy. His enemies, reluctant to risk putting him on trial, convinced the king to present a bill of attainder to parliament. An act or bill of attainder is a process in which parliament pronounces a legal judgment on an accused individual, as if it were a court of law. Parliament is then able to act as both judge and jury, replacing a judicial verdict. The bill was passed in late June, effectively sentencing Cromwell to death. During his time in the Tower, Cromwell wrote a series of emotional letters, with his final one ending in a desperate plea for mercy. He hoped to convince Henry to pardon him and so save him from execution. However, the king did not pay heed to his words. On 28 July 1540, Thomas Cromwell, aged 55, the king's former chief advisor, was beheaded on Tower Hill, having been found guilty of corruption, heresy and treason. And on the very same day, just 19 days after the annulment of his marriage to Anne Boleyn, the 49-year-old Henry VIII married his fifth wife, Catherine Howard, she was between 15 and 21 years old. Before his execution, Thomas Cromwell, the Earl of Essex, whilst placed on the scaffold, spoke these words. I have come here to die and not to purge myself. By law, I have been condemned to die, and I thank my Lord God, who has appointed me to this death. It may not be known to many of you that I have been a great traveller in this world and, being but of a base degree was called to the king's high estate. I have offended my prince, for which I ask him forgiveness, and beseech you all to pray to God with me. In accordance with tradition, Cromwell's head was displayed on London Bridge before being reunited with the rest of his remains, burying them at the Tower's Chapel Royal of St. Peter ad Vincula alongside his former rivals, Anne Boleyn and Thomas More. Henry VIII regretted almost immediately executing Cromwell, blaming his privy council for exaggerating minor errors into malicious and false accusations leading him to kill his most faithful servant. Thomas Cromwell had been one of the most exceptional royal servants in history, masterminding widespread reforms in every aspect of England's religious, political and social life. Henry would have some difficulty replacing him. It is interesting to note that two of the three Bible translators were martyred. John Tyndale was strangled, and his body burned. John Rogers was "tested by fire" on the 4th of February, 1555 at Smithfield. The first to meet this fate under Queen Mary I. Only Miles Coverdale was to survive execution, no doubt helped by his work on the production and subsequent publication of future Bibles. The Great Bible in 1539, the Bishop's Bible in 1568, and the King James Bible in 1611 all heavily relied on Tyndale's biblical translations. As a result, Tyndale's translation became the foundation of the first English Bibles to receive royal approval. His work profoundly impacted subsequent English translations, playing a significant role in the development and widespread use of the English language. Some of Tyndale's quotes. The only way to save your soul, which was the only meaning of being on earth, was to listen to the Word of God. To find God's Word, you must understand it in your own language. The Bible contains the Word of God not rules made by successive popes over centuries and turned into a system which I object to in almost every particular. If God spares my life, before long I shall cause a ploughboy to know the scriptures better than you. Although the ploughboy is illiterate, through education, the Bible could be read aloud directly and understood by everyone. The Catholic clergy are unfit to transmit the word of God, the commoners of England must be able to read it for themselves in plain English.